Good morning, and welcome to episode 86 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindberg, and joining me, uh, fresh off a softball defeat, is Sam Miller. Uh, my condolences on your loss. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did bring a topic, and you, if in the interest of full disclosure, did tell me about this topic ahead of time. Uh, because you were worried that the softball would prevent sufficient research to talk about this topic. Uh, so I know what you're going to say, but no one else does. So why don't you say it? Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Commissioner Bud Selig's uh, role in reviewing a trade and whether uh, we should be worried that he feels the need. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go ahead. So, um, so of course, uh, Bud Selig, I believe today... Uh, officially gave the is today Monday yeah yeah so today when I'm recording this officially gave the all clear for the Blue Jays and the Marlins to uh, swap teams and um, there I what it, what was it it's like something like it's like six days after it was six reported, days wow only yeah. six days okay so it took six days for baseball to decide that this trade was going to go through now of course they didn't overrule it there is no new precedent set here or anything of the sort uh there's nothing really even to be furious about this is not um uh, this is uh you know they gave their blessing that's all it was um but i think that just the very nature uh, or the very uh sorry the very act of taking this time to carefully review it the idea that they need to carefully review it already sets a precedent it feels to me like uh bud selig sort of staked out a little bit more territory for his role in these trades and even if he did not um nix the trade he did kind of um allow the impression that he gets to nix the trade if he wants to and he said that you know the he talked to independent baseball people who who reassured him that the marlins uh you know came out okay in this trade as though that is the issue um and you know maybe that is the issue maybe i don't know that i uh i don't know that i want to say so early how i feel about this but if you think that um the commissioner should have less power I think this is a bit troubling, mm-hmm. um, or maybe not troubling, but it's at least information. Um, so the most recent precedent in major sports would be um, in the NBA a year ago uh, when Daniel Stern um, uh, canceled a trade that was pending between, I think, the Lakers and Charlotte. Um, and that was different because at the time, the uh, the NBA. I, I know so little about the NBA that I hope that Charlotte is still a team. I don't actually think Charlotte is still a team. <laughs> Just knowing that it was a team at one point, you may know more about basketball than I do. Uh, I'm going to, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Rejects trade. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> We're reading from Wikipedia live. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, at, at the time... The NBA, as I understand it, um, was owned, was in sort of an ownership transition and, and at the time was actually owned by the NBA. So uh, the NBA was the owner in that case. And so there, it was there, like the Expos. It was like the Expos. I think that the the problem is that the Lakers, as I talked to a couple of Lakers uh, reporters actually tonight, and uh the, I guess the trouble is that the Lakers did not really realize that this was a possibility that it would be vetoed. Uh, they didn't. They weren't given any guidance on what they could do to to change it to to sort of uh, correct any problems that there were and, and let the trade go on. And uh, what ended up happening is that um, 
that the Lakers who had been traded, uh, tentatively traded, ended up coming back, and it was a very awkward season where uh, neither really felt like they were supposed to be there or were wanted, and it was all kind of weird and strange. So uh, that's kind of a precedent because it just happened. It's kind of not because uh, at least uh, Daniel Stern did have Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern was in <laughs> Home Alone. David Stern. <laughs> Wait, shoot. Which one was in Home Alone? <laughs> uh, I think David is the one we're going for here. <laughs> yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so you also, um, can now tell us about the precedent in baseball. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, but... the Hornets, so the Hornets <laughs> were in Charlotte at one point. Okay. Just so, you know, it was between the Lakers and the Hornets. I have no idea where the Hornets are now. Okay. My basketball knowledge is doubled. Um, so, but to like... New Orleans, <laughs> okay. New Orleans. I would there we never go. have guessed that. <laughs> Uh, so Selig or any commissioner, or I guess in this case Selig, is required to approve any deal that involves more than $1 million in cash uh, going from one team to another. So this is something that, I mean, it's a process that would happen with any trade when that amount of money is involved. We just wouldn't normally hear about it. I guess usually it's just more of a, a rubber stamp automatic thing. There's no question that, that the commissioner is going to try to overturn or block the trade. Uh, and so in this case, it was, I guess, kind of an open issue. I don't think anyone really expected it to be blocked or overturned, but it was it was more plausible that, that something out of the ordinary might happen just because of all the circumstances surrounding the Marlins and Jeffrey Loria and selling off the entire team in a, a short amount of time. Uh, but yes, because you did tell me about this topic in advance, I was able to actually bring some information to the podcast, which almost suggests that maybe we should do research regularly for the podcast, but that's a dangerous idea. Uh, I would have looked up uh, where, uh, major NBA cities. <laughs> um, so there's sort of some precedent for that, for this, and I think the precedent kind of uh, gives you an idea that maybe it's not a policy that you would want to see. Um, I looked up... And if you're, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then you can read this entire article, which I am rerunning on Baseball Prospectus today. But Stephen Goldman wrote a piece for BP in 2006, uh, and it was partially about this precedent for this. And it, was, it involved uh, Bowie Kuhn, who was uh, a commissioner. Uh, in this case, we're talking about around 30 years ago, a little more. Um, and basically, uh, let me just read some stuff uh, from this. Uh, ever since Charlie Finley, who was the owner of the A's, had tried to break up the, e the A's on the eve of free agency by selling Vital Blue to the Yankees and Joe Rudy and Raleigh Fingers to the Red Sox, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn had been obsessed with keeping cash out of baseball transactions. He had vetoed the Finley sales as not being in the best interests of baseball and later established an arbitrary ceiling of $400,000 in any deal. Uh, so when this would come up after that, in that case, it was kind of arguable that maybe it was in the best interest of baseball to stop a straight sell-off of an owner just trying to make the most of his roster before free agency kind of gutted it. Uh, so that was how it originally came about, but then it kind of got out of control. Uh, there's a, a case here where Kuhn 
uh, vetoes a trade between the Yankees and Pirates that that uh, involved more than that amount of money. Uh, and the commissioner says no, believing that the minor leaguers were not worth $450,000. They tried to restructure the deal. Anyway, so this happens a couple times. Uh, and then we have Kuhn had also informed clubs pursuing a trade for Rod Carew in 1978 that no cash should be involved just because it was Carew. Carew is a very special case. Carew is a great superstar of the game. To make a deal for Carew involving a great deal of cash wouldn't be a good thing. I just didn't think there should be cash in the Carew deal. The Carew case stands on its own feet. The real issue for Kuhn was not how much money was being spent, but who was doing the spending. He felt that the big market clubs like the Yankees would reassert their formerly dynastic dominance if allowed to spend freely on player purchases. Perhaps Kuhn would have let the penurious Cal Griffith of the Twins buy players from the A's, but George Steinbrenner and Tom Yockey never. So I think this is the most important paragraph. This, this stance put Kuhn, a lawyer, in the odd position of player evaluation. As Red Smith wrote at the time, Kuhn has given himself overnight or oversight authority in all player transactions. He decides whether a deal is good or bad for baseball and good or bad for the clubs involved, sets a value on the players concerned, and dictates the purchase price. He even claimed to know a prospect from a suspect. For example, the Yankees' purchase of Bruce Robinson from the A's was allowed to go through because Kuhn looked at Robinson's stats at Vancouver of the Pacific Coast League and decided that the Yankees would be getting their money's worth. He's a pretty good prospect, said Kuhn, who couldn't have been more wrong. So that reminded me of part of Seelig's statement from Monday when he said, Since Tuesday, I have carefully reviewed the proposed transaction between the Miami Marlins and the Toronto Blue Jays. I asked our baseball operations department and our labor relations department to compare this proposed transactions with similar deals. I also consulted with experienced baseball operations executives to get their input regarding the talent involved in this transaction. Uh, and he decides that it is a fair deal or that, that the Marlins were getting sufficient talent in return that he could allow the trade to stand. But it seems to me like it would be a very dangerous thing for a commissioner to uh I guess, to, to play this big a role in trades regularly or to veto trades and that it would almost inevitably end up being kind of a, a capricious thing and an arbitrary thing and itself not so good for baseball. And yet, I guess I can also see potential trades where maybe it would be bad for baseball to let it go through. I mean, if... If it were the same trade, but the Marlins were getting no prospects back and just money, uh, I would th- expect that this trade probably wouldn't have been allowed to go through. And, and I'm not sure well, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, why? Why? Uh, why the difference between money and um, and prospects in, in the way that they treat these? I mean, money is competitiveness i mean that's what money is used for in baseball i mean i guess you could um make the case that right. some owners in recent history have primarily been in the business of soaking uh their fan base and that's when um you know that's why the, the commissioner stepped in with the dodgers but i mean if you assume that um i mean it seems to me that if you assume that that there is no collusion involved that two teams are not actively um partnering up to benefit one mm-hmm. uh you know a, a, as some sort of sinister plot at the expense of the other um i mean these are two businesses that are theoretically uh, don't need a commissioner to to force them to act rationally they are act rationally by the very nature of what they're engaged in right. and 
each team gets to kind of define what rationality is for them. And for some teams, I mean, it's it, there's certainly no um, there, there's there's no rule against being bad for a couple of years and sort of conserving a team's resources um, for a so-called window. And I think that you could probably make the case that most trades are, um, you know, between a team that, uh, between two teams that simply have different timelines for for competitiveness. And um, so, I don't know, it seems to me that the line between, uh, the, the line that separates prospects going back and cash going back, which is essentially what the precedent in baseball is, is the, the idea is that Major League Baseball reviews when there's cash involved, and they generally don't review when it's prospects involved. That line is so gray, it's, it's essentially that line is non-existent in reality, and they, it's only a matter of time before baseball has to pick one way or the other, review all trades or review essentially no trades. Well, I guess, I mean, what if there is an owner who is clearly not acting rationally or at least rationally in the sense that he's going to invest that money in making the team better in the long run what if it's very clear and i'm not saying that this is the the case with loria but what if there were an owner who made a trade and it was very clear that he was doing so just kind of to cash out or uh i mean i i guess you could say that in that sense he's just depreciating the franchise and that no one would actually do that because if he just sold all his players for profit, then whatever his stake in the team is would be worth a lot less and he wouldn't actually be making anything. Um, probably. Yeah, probably. But it, I think that you're, uh, I think it is true that, um, that, uh, I forget what's true. I mean, theoretically, <laughs> I forget what I was going to say. There's an owner who's just so rich that even baseball amounts of money mean nothing to him. Uh, and he's only interested in creating chaos or something. He's like the Joker of, of <laughs> owners or something. So he, he plots oh. to, to buy a team and then yeah. decides, well, I want this other team to win and I'm going to give them all of my players for some money uh, and I don't care what I get back and I'm not going to invest it in yeah. a team. I, this may be a far-fetched scenario, but if that were to happen, um, I, that probably wouldn't be in the best interests of baseball. So I guess you'd, you'd have to say whether, whether it would be better for baseball to establish this precedent of the owner interfering or the, the commissioner interfering in these moves than it would be to allow that kind of harmful trade to go through. Yeah, I guess I think that maybe best interest is too high a standard. I think if there was an owner who presented an existential crisis for the league in some way, uh, that might be a bar that I would be comfortable um, uh, putting on Seelig's actions. But best interest is uh, it could could basically describe anything that that he wanted. And it's kind of up to his own sense of um, place and responsibility to decide where he's going to draw that line. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that what I was uh, trying to get to uh, earlier, but I blanked, is that um, I think that the the fairly good counter argument here is that um, baseball is almost in. I mean, the the relationship between teams and the interaction between teams is so artificial, and it's this is no libertarian's fantasy. This is there are so many rules. Uh, that kind of uh, dictate how these teams interact with each other, and with the, with all the money going uh, back and forth in um, in revenue sharing, 
and you know their their books are so artificial that um, it isn't really, I don't think, the case that you can say, well, the market is going to take care of itself. The market will, um, you know, will protect the sport because this is they've essentially the market has been removed from the game. It is uh, run with all these different pulleys and levers that the commissioner and that the 30 teams already pull. So I think that you could probably make the case that as long as this is uh, such a heavily regulated sport that, um, you know, maybe it is the case that um, that a dictatorial commissioner could be in the best interest of the game. I don't know that um, I have ever seen a commissioner I would trust with that power, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, my impression that I get from hearing people uh, talk about the NFL is that the dictatorial commissioner in the NFL uh, has been a pretty good system and that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of kind of problems have become, have, have gotten under control because of it. There are issues to that as well uh, with, you know, concussions and bounty gate and all these sorts of things as well. But um, my sense is that this is not it's not necessarily the case. Democracy is the best way to run a league. So, um, you know, if, if I liked the commissioner, I might be more open to it. I do think, though, that anytime people want to give Bud Selig more problem, uh, more power, it's um it's odd because most people complain about Bud Selig, and yet it seems like when there is a problem that they uh, want fixed, they're perfectly fine giving that power to Selig. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm just mostly uncomfortable with the idea of giving the commissioner that role as a talent evaluator. Um, yeah, that just well, seems like well, it would lead I mean, to problems. Because he's bad at it, or mm, well. I mean, if there was a panel of judges, if there was a, <laughs> a panel of seven XGMs and baseball you know, prospectus they... transaction analysis writers, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you trusted the analysis, I mean, would would it be better to have equal trades? Would would this be in the good in the best interest of the game to actually have uh, a quality in trading guaranteed? Uh, well, I don't think you could ever get that. Um, no, I wouldn't. I, and that's the the thing. How far do you take it? I know that people who play fantasy sports, and I am no longer one of them, but I know that people in leagues where there's a commissioner review or uh, or the, the owners as a group review trades, some people are vehemently opposed to ever having any kind of trade review, whereas others think it's a good safeguard to kind of protect against the fantasy owner whose team is out of it and he has nothing to play for and he just gives all his players away. Um, I don't know whether you play fantasy sports or have any perspective on that, but it's, it's I guess a more much more simplified version of the same sort of situation. Um, so. Yeah, I I think generally the the I've always thought that unless there's fraud going on, you let the trade go through, and that it's sort of like better to let ten guilty men go free mm -hmm. than wrongfully convict one innocent one i just think that uh you know you 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 allow for a lot of unequal trades because it's good to have um you know the freedom to to make mistakes and mm -hmm. the freedom to to do these trades and you never know what mistake is going to end up being good either mm -hmm. billy martin compared the 1976 decision uh against charlie finley mm -hmm. to watergate <laughs> uh well i guess we've agreed that we will let Bud Selig slide this time, but we're keeping our eye on him. Yeah, do you think we'll see him uh, cancel a trade in the next, you know, 
before I, get, I was going to say bef- in the next 10 years but then I realized <laughs> he's supposed to be retired but then he probably won't be <laughs> right. do you think we'll ever see him do you think that we'll ever see him uh, cancel a trade no I don't think so um, I guess if, if senility if uh, senility sets in you never know what might happen but uh, but no I don't think so I think I don't know that this is the closest he's ever come. I don't really remember in the past whether he's deliberated so publicly about allowing a trade, but uh, I don't know. This seems like a, a set of circumstances that would have led to it, if anything, just because of the, the Marlins Loria aspect. If 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 Giancarlo Stanton were traded <laughs> uh, for for you know I don't know cash or something like if if they tried to sell Giancarlo Stanton, do you think he'd step in? Uh, yeah, I sort of think he would if it were a pure cash sell-off. I think that is what it would take to, to provoke him. Yeah, yeah. probably. All right, okay. well, you're going to close this out. Uh, yeah, so we will at least theoretically be back with a listener email show, our last show of the week, tomorrow before Thanksgiving. So if you want us to have questions to answer, send them to us at podcast at baseballprospectus.com. Uh, and we look forward to seeing your questions and answering them then.